0: Hey, what's up, Fellowship Church? I'm uh, excited to be here this morning? Let's say, uh, let's let me know that you are excited to be here this morning. It's not just me, right? Yeah, can we make a little noise? Yeah, yeah, yes. Man, I'm excited to be with you guys. Uh, we've had a good morning. I hope your Sunday's been good. If you are newer here to Fellowship Church, uh, we are going through a sermon series, a, a group of, of sermons that we call Custom Made, and we're exploring how God's made you unique and different and gifted you uniquely and differently from people around you with purpose, with intention. And so uh, we've been sort of going through our spiritual gifts, how God's gifted you. So when I think about gifts, it makes me think about, you know, Christmas and holiday season coming up. Some people would say the holiday season officially starts tomorrow at 12 a.m., November 1, and it's officially the holiday season. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, hey, it's it's been Christmas all year round. We never stop. Uh, So people have their their different bents on when to start celebrating. Um, But I do start to think about Christmas and uh, especially the cool weather coming in. And gifts. So gifts start showing up that we give to each other. And some of y'all are really good at giving gifts. And you know who you are. Like you, you plan ahead and you put a lot of thought into it and you just can't wait to watch them open their prayer. Who would say, yeah, I'm actually a pretty good gift giver. You can brag on yourself for a minute. Yeah. Raise your hand. Let us know. There's, a, there's some of y'all in the room. Some of y'all are maybe on the other side. So I'm good at some things, But I'm not a great gift giver. Who's that in the room who would say, yeah, look at y'all, y'all are are so humble. Look at y'all. No, this is not my strength. I'm not great at it. So Jamie and I, my wife, Jamie, when we got married, we were sort of learning about each other. And there was one year where I got her a gift. And if you know Jamie, she's probably told you this story before. And I'll tell you this, she tells it different than I tell it. It's kind of one of those stories. And so she tells a gift about one that I got her. So if you listen to her tell it, it sounds one way you listen to me tell it, it sounds another way. So we're listening to me tell it today. Uh, So it was, I I don't even remember what occasion it was. So, uh, but we were, we would go to friends' houses and um, eat supper with them. And Jamie would, would notice there's one group of friends in particular who had, don't laugh at me, a really nice salt and pepper shaker. Uh, it was. Look at y'all laughing at me. Uh, it was. It was not. It's a shaker. It was. It was like an electric grind grinder. So you push the button and it grinds a pepper and a salt and and. You know, I wouldn't think a whole lot about it, but she went on and on about it. Every time we went to their house, she's like, "That's so cool! I never seen me." I mean, we're simple people, and, and she just saw that. And it, it got to the point where I'm just like, "Okay, I get it. You want one? And just stop dropping hints. It's so obvious that you really, really want one of these, right?" And so, you know, I'm a good husband. I'm taking notes. I'm like, "Yep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it." So, you know, that holiday comes around, and and I and I, and I got nice ones because you know, it's 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 not a grand gesture. So if you're gonna get salt and pepper grinders you're gonna get nice ones so I'm watching her open it and, she's like, oh, yeah, and just pull it off here we go, here we go, here we go and she pulls them out she goes hmm <laughs> thanks that's about how that went and I was broken hearted I was broken hearted and to this day when we talk about gift giving she's like she it like this. I'm not exaggerating. Let me tell you about one time Joe got me salt and pepper shakers. And in her mind, this is a terrible gift. Maybe I'm not a good gift giver, but I'll tell you this. There's no other gift I've gotten her that she uses every other day. i tell you that. So you be the judge. You be the judge. If they talk about it all the time and they use it all the time and you get it to them, I'm going to say it's a win. I'm gonna say, so, so however she tells a story, we all know what really happened, okay? I was doing my best. So that was not, if you ask me, not a bad gift, not a worthless gift, not a bad one. Um, when I think about our, our spiritual gifts, you know, we spent a lot of time and we, we've been working through uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and, and Paul's just just laying into them, saying, hey, you think these gifts are great and these gifts are bad and, and these are really valuable and these are worth, and, 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 and sort of really working through that, all through chapter 12. So l- with that in mind, let me pose a question for you that I don't know if you've really wrestled with, is for you, are your gifts, your spiritual gifts, are they worthless? Are your gifts worthless? I just want us to sit in that for a minute, in that tension. It's like, the obvious answer, he's going to say no, right? <clears throat> um, of course not. I'm going to say, you're wrong. They're, they're, that's not what I'm here to say. Um, if you're really clever, you're thinking, okay, he's gonna say, if we got the gift and we don't use it, then it's worthless. I'm saying, nice guess. Wrong again, wrong again. That's not why we're asking this question. Is are our gifts worthless? Are they effective or are they nothing? So coming out of chapter 12, Paul sort of makes this this transition. Here's here's before he gets into to chapter 13, he, he gives us one phrase, it's kind of a transition phrase. He says, um, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So he's like, gifts, 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 gifts. And he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you a still more excellent way. I'm gonna show you something even more important than figuring out if your gift is great or if it's wonderful or if it's lower, if it, all these things that y'all are wrestling with. Here's what to really focus on. First Corinthians If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, And deliver my body to be burned, but have not love. I gain nothing. I gain nothing. Those are strong words from Paul here. And the way that we, it's not just whether we recognize that we've got gifts. It's not just if we're using, because these people are using them. like They're using them like there's no tomorrow. They're they're using the daylights out of these gifts that he's just described here. So, if we're not doing it with love, we're not accomplishing anything. We're not accomplishing anything. I'm going I'm to ask you to consider for yourself are you bringing love with you when you're using the things God's given you? Whether that's a spiritual gift, whether that's a natural talent that you've already had, whether that's something you've learned, a skill you've developed, whether you're talking about work, whether you're talking about school, whether you're talking about at home, whether you're talking about something you go out and do for fun, whatever God has made you good at and helped you to be able to enjoy, are you bringing love with you when you do this? He's called us not just to use our gifts, but to pursue love as we use gifts. God's gifts. He's given them to us, not just like a gift that we would get one another. Jamie may give me a gift, like a shirt, because it, she would like me in it. She thinks it looks good. God doesn't give us gifts just because he thinks we will like them. He gives us gifts so that we would pursue love with them. Are you pursuing love with your supposed gifts? Because some of y'all are really good at what you do. I've seen it, and I know about it. And you've got great reputations, some of y'all are fantastic nurses. Some of y'all are fantastic plant workers, fantastic teachers, fantastic salesmen. You, you are really, really good at what you do, but the people around you suffer because they work with you. And we think, we think, as long as I'm effective at what I do, as long as I'm really, really good, as long as I strive for this excellence, that's, that's gonna have to be enough. Paul says, "We're wasting our gifts. You are wasting it. We need to pursue love as we use God's gifts." So, in this chapter here, is affectionately known as the love chapter of the Bible. We may have heard that. Like we hear this at weddings sometimes, you know, and it, and uh, he gives us this uh, description of love, Paul here, and. When I think about love, I think about love songs, right? Love songs are a thing that we enjoy in our culture. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like maybe our standard of excellence in music has dropped over the years, right? Um, As as far as, you know, maybe maybe we like the sound, but lyrically, man, I I think we're, we're letting this slide a little bit. For example, Exhibit A. Let me read some lyrics to you. This is Frank Sinatra, okay, a uh, song released in 1966. It says this, this is a Sinatra love song. It's fabulous, it's fantasy. It knocks me out tremendously, your love for me. It was never obtainable, now it's unexplainable, your love for me. It's priceless and it's precious. It's joy to reveal. It's hard to believe just how lucky in love you've made me feel. It's lovable, it's lyrical, it's something of a miracle you love from me. Ooh, Frank. Killing it. Killing it. Look at that. Okay? Let me contrast that with a little more modern song, love song of our day. This one sold a lot more records. Uh, this is by a Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. I don't know if you've heard of him. And I quote, Baby baby, baby, oh, like baby, 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 no, like baby, 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 oh, whoo, Woo! Woo. strapping some lines there, Beaver, where did you come up with that, it's incredible, it's incredible, maybe that's your jam, maybe that's what you love to listen to, man, go, go listen to that, awesome, I'm just suggesting maybe the standard has dropped a little in the past 50, 60 years um, of, of what a love song could be and should be. But not just a love song, I think maybe our standard of what love is has dropped a little bit over the years in our mon- modern society. Let me, let me read to you how Paul describes the love he's talking about. Like this is when he's, he says, all right, when I'm talking about love, you don't necessarily understand, let me explain what this is. Here's what he says in verse four. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong being, uh, wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That is the standard of love. Now, in uh, the, the Greek and Roman culture, they've got different words that they would use that we would translate as love. Most notably, uh, phileo love and, and eros love, and, and those, were, those were commonly used. There's this other word for love that, that Paul's using here is this agape love, right? And it was not used a whole lot in, in, in Greek literature that we see. Like, it's, it's seldom used, honestly. But then, once the New Testament comes around. Christians just take that word and say, we are going to make this our love. This is the agape, and we're gonna gonna say, this is how we're going to describe the love that God has for us and that we're to display to the people around us. Whenever I do marriage counseling for couples, which I really like to do, um, one of the very first questions I ask them, like I try to make them scratch their heads a little bit, I say, why do you love each other? What, do you, what, what makes you love each other? Think about that. How would you answer? What's, what's the right answer there? Because our society would say, you know, that this is why. And typically, I let them, you know, wrestle with it because it's not a question you get asked a lot. Why would you love someone? Typically, answers fall into three categories. One is I really enjoy our time together. Like, this is good for me. I, I like it. I, I appreciate it, spending time with them. Um, another one would be we're physically attracted to each other I find them pretty I find him handsome and strapping uh, we would call it maybe some chemistry between us right third is typically how they make me feel like I feel good if I'm sad they make me happy if I'm stressed they make me calm they, they, they lift me up and encourage me all these things are good things by the way but there's a common denominator in all of them is that it's all about what they do for me you catch that my love for you is based on what you do for me and that's not god's love we're, we're falling short of the mark here so you know we're, we're doing talking about custom made we're talking about you know tools i'm gonna bring up the smallest tool i think we've had so far you might recognize this i don't even know if y'all can see it if I can zoom in it's got a little thing that comes out here that's a clue Little, little tire gauge, right? So you put it on your tire and tell how much air pressure is in it. And so this is an important thing to just check your tires every once in a while. Teenagers, take note, this is a, a good life skill. It's not really difficult. You just put it on there and it tells you how much uh, air pressure is in your tires. And this is really good, especially as weather's changing because the temperature affects the pressure. All these things are good things just for us periodically to check in, put this on our tire, see how, how uh, what kind of shape that it's in, you know, I think it's good for us to do something similar for how we love. Every once in a while, just to to check in with, with like this passage in particular is good for me to check in with. And what I do, I take it and I insert my name wherever it says love. So I'm gonna read it again. I want you to insert your name and we're gonna see how true it is. Like I'm gonna insert my name and I'm gonna say, is that true? Is this not true? So I'm gonna read it again. You read it, inserting your name. I'm just gonna say you. So listen to this. You are patient. You are kind. Is that true? You do not envy or boast. You are not arrogant or rude. You do not insist on your own way. You are not irritable or resentful. You do not rejoice in wrongdoing, but you rejoice in the truth. You bear all things. You believe all things. You hope all things. You endure all things. That's a really good, just check the, the, the what's going on in my heart. See, is it producing a godly love to the people around me? I do this with my relationship with my family. I do this with the people at work. I do this with other friends that I have. And I tell you, I don't, I don't really have to get fa- past the first one or two. Where I'm like, I got some work to do. I've got some work to do. So our standard is not Does everyone else say we're more or less a loving person? You know, know, everyone would say they're a loving person. You're aware of this phenomenon, right? Everybody would say, yeah, oh man, I'm loving. I love people. Woo, I love, I'm so loving. And man, even if they are the most unloving people that you know, they are convinced they are very loving. You know why? Because we measure us by us. We We don't measure us by God's standard. Let this push you. Let this say, hey, I, I, can, I can do better. I can grow in my love for these people. Let I me mean, use my gifts to do this. So the question is, do your, do your gifts build up or do they puff up? A couple of chapters earlier, Paul's writing this in chapter eight, and he kind of makes this reference. He says uh, that, that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. When our love is really about what people do for us, it's really an effort to puff ourselves up. You know that? Same thing with our gifts. We will use our gifts, instead of trying to build someone else up, we'll we'll be tempted to puff ourselves up. And sometimes it's sneaky. Sometimes it's really sneaky. We can really hide it well. We can really say, man, I'm, I'm just really a servant doing this for other people, depending on what we're doing. so We have very noble professions that you do this in. But let me tell you, it's sneaky and will sneak up on you. This pride, this, this selfish ambition can sneak in on us, and we'll use God's gifts for that instead of to love other people as, as a man... On stage in front of you, sharing God's word for you, I can say this is a temptation. This is something I've got to watch out for. Something I often have to repent of, of, of making these sermons about me. And by often, I mean without fail. Without fail. So I can't believe it's just something that I wrestle with. It's something that we wrestle with. It's not just to puff ourselves up with what we can do but to build up the people around us. That's how we love one another. So, we're gonna pursue this heavenly love. Paul gives us his example. Insert your name in there. Go to that every once in a while. Am I doing a heavenly love? Is this, is this a worldly love? Is this some kind of cultural affection that I feel, or is it more about me? Can I be producing a heavenly love? Last couple things I wanna tell you. Don't be short-sighted. Don't be short-sighted. That's the temptation with our gifts. When we start making it about us, and not about loving people around us, we're thinking very short-sighted. Let me tell you what Paul writes in verse eight. Love never ends. Contrast that with As for prophecies, he's gonna mention these same three gifts he mentioned earlier. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. There are some things we can do that seem really effective and really helpful. But ultimately, what's going to live on and matter in eternity is how we love people. The things that we did to serve them, even at expense to us, So think about this. Think about the the greatest theologian and and most intelligent and well-studied professor of of all things Bible coming and gives his greatest lesson, his greatest sermon ever. I'm absolutely convinced that that will not hold a candle to what the dimmest person who spent five minutes in heaven will have to say about who God really is. Our eyes are gonna be opened in ways we didn't understand before. There's some good, important things that we need to know and we can know and we should teach from the scriptures. But ultimately, right now, we're seeing as in a dim reflection. And one day, we're gonna see him face to face. And he's not gonna ask us, how much did you know? He's gonna expect us to have lived like Jesus. How did Jesus live? He poured himself out. Just like we just said. Just like we just sang. Are you willing to be long-sighted and not short-sighted? That's how you use your gifts. That's how you use your gifts. It comes down really to this. So in the last verse of this chapter, verse 13, Paul says this. As opposed to these things that, that do pass away, he says this. Now, faith, hope, hope And love, abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. These things are gonna be remembered in heaven. These things are gonna gonna continue to matter in heaven. I'm gonna tell you, whoops. Use your gifts to stir up faith, hope, and especially love in yourself and other people. How can you? wrestle with that. How can I use the things that I'm good at to stir up faith, hope, and love in the people around me? And my neighbors, my classmates, my teammates, my coworkers, my families? That's what God gave you these gifts for. Not just so you can be good at them. There's so much more out there available to you. Don't waste them on yourself. Don't waste them on just being good at them. Pour it out in love. And God's going to do incredible things. He's going to do wild things. I want y'all to think about it like this, I guess. As a, as a parent, we can know all the right answers. We can have read all the books. We can know how to respond in every weird situation. Those are good for our kids. What that need more than that is our love, right? We can get a lot of things wrong, but our kids need to be Love. Y'all know this. So I've, I've, I've dropped the ball more times than I could tell you guys in a sermon raising, raising kids. But with our four boys, whenever they grow up, I want them to be sure of a, of a couple of things. Some things they don't have any control of, of what they, what they know, what they believe. But Some things I really want them to be absolutely sure of have no doubt about is that mom and dad really loved us. That they really loved us. And two, they really believed the things they said about Jesus. They really, they they weren't faking it. They really believed those things. I pray God uses that to take them where he wants them to go and to bring them to be who he wants them to be. using your gifts to love, this heavenly love, and not only to love, but to stir up faith, hope, and love in other people. I keep a little rock with me most of the time. You probably can't even see this either. This is deep red and has these dark veins that run through it. This is jasper. So I didn't find it. Like, I'm not, I don't know how to even find something like this. I ordered it. But I did that because if you sort of flip back to the end of the Bible, toward the end of the book of Revelation, you get this description of what this ultimate heaven is going to be like. So the, the, the place where we go now whenever a believer dies is you know in the presence of the Lord and that's heaven. But that's going to look different in eternity. He's going to bring heaven and earth together and create a, a new heaven, a new earth. And there's a city, probably going to be lots of cities, but one city in particular they called the New Jerusalem. And they give this description of it, how it's just going to be Amazing. And so some of it, we kind of got to use our imaginations of what it may be like, but in some of that, it gives us some details. And so w- there's these walls in the city, and in the walls, there's these layers. One of the layers is jasper, and that's what this is. This is, this is a little piece of jasper. So I've got a, a few of them I keep, I keep with me if you, if you want to grab one, but I, man, I've, I can't not think about heaven as I hold this in my hand. It's just a little small scrap that maybe maybe part of the walls of heaven is going to look like this. And that's, that's not being short-sighted, that's being long-sighted. As you go throughout your week, don't just think about the week. Don't just think about the month. Don't just think about yourself. We're working toward heavenly things. We're being far-sighted. So some of you this morning, you're frustrated by a lot of this because God hasn't given you any gifts. Because that only comes when we put our faith in Christ and he gives us the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit produces these abilities in us. That's available to you today. It's funny, as we were sort of getting ready for the second service, I got a, a, a message in our, our, our staff group me thread and said, hey, we're, we're running out of communion cups. <laughs> I don't know if y'all there was an empty table when you came by but I thought it was kind of humorous as like we, we ran out of Jesus' blood it's, it's gone so the um, interesting thing that I guess that, that sat with me as I thought about that was there's no shortage of it it's it's available to you that blood is required for the forgiveness of sins there's gonna come a day when it's not available though As you sit here, it's available to you to have Jesus' blood applied to your sin by putting your faith in him. There's gonna come a day where that's not available to you. After death, that's no longer available. Let today be the day of your salvation. If that's you today, man, I, I wanna lead you in a conversation with God where you decide to put your faith in him instead of in yourself. It's not a list of things. It's not how you got to start living right, how you got to get these things right, and then you're in. It's the complete opposite. And that's huge to, to make that distinction. God saves us by grace through faith, and all these good works come after. If that's you today, man, I, I want to change your eternity with you. I'm fixing to pray. I'm going to invite you just to pray with me. I'm going to get to bow their heads, close their eyes. to me today, you need to assess how you're using the gifts God's given you. You need to come to the real conclusion that you are not using them to love people. Man, I hope that bothers you. I hope that bothers you enough to do something, to do something different, even, maybe even something radical. Start treating people differently start engaging with them with heaven in mind. Some of y'all need to blow some of my socks off and go and apologize to how you've been treating them. That's heavenly love. Some of y'all need that Holy Spirit to activate before you even leave the car to go to work, to go to school. And deal with God. Deal with that. Lord, show that to me. Show me where I can pour myself out and give a heavenly love to the people around me so I'm not wasting my gifts. And this morning, if you need the blood of Jesus to apply to your sin, I invite you to pray something like this. Dear Father in heaven, I've sinned, I've failed. I need your forgiveness. Would you let Jesus' death, his sacrifice, apply to my sin. Would you be my Lord and Savior? If you prayed that, today's literally the best day of your life. And we want to pray with you, we want to connect with you, we want to celebrate with you, we want to tell you what's next. I I would ask you to come and find one of our staff members. We're going to be here in the front, we're going to be in the lobby after the service. We want to pray with you. So we're fixing to stand and sing uh, one more song together. As we do that, man, don't miss out on what the Lord has for you today. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing. Dear Father in heaven, God, be at work in us today. But don't let us leave here missing what your word has for us. God, that any of us don't know you, Lord, work in our hearts. Lead us to respond. It's all this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.